Jamie, this is it. You survived. We're calling this the end of season one. Congratulations. Thank you. This would be the season finale where all the drama happens. What, What it is is part two with Drew Dissinger, founder of True Move Physical Therapy, world headquarters in Overland Park, Kansas. Before we get to him and part two, give us your final golden nugget of wisdom for the year, for the season. Give us the final one. The pressure's on. Check your engine light, please, people. <laughs> if it's red, if it's blinking, go make an appointment. Once the appointment's made, find out the cost, negotiate the cost, find out your coverage through your insurance, and then lead on to treatment. Now, that reference to the last episode was chef's kiss worthy because you're right. The thing is, it's going to cost you more to ignore the stuff. It's going to cost you more to replace your engine mm-hmm. than it is to deal with whatever's causing that light to pop on. Yeah. Right? Yes. And it's going to be easier, Jamie, mm-hmm. to talk to your insurance people to shop around for services mm-hmm. if your car is still running. Yes. Then if you're in the hospital now, mm-hmm. they're talking about surgery, mm-hmm. you're stressed out about that. You don't want to deal with insurance. No cross-referencing, searching, right? You can't at that point, you're hospitalized. Uh, That was uh, season finale worthy. A great piece of advice, thank you. So for part two here, we are gonna talk about the future of healthcare, how to use physical therapy to be a better consumer of healthcare, and we're gonna hit Drew with a bunch of personal questions on episode eight of The Cure and the Curse, and it starts now. Warning. The hosts are not doctors or financial advisors, and they definitely are not responsible if you decide to quit your day job and become a professional yodeler. As a member of our audience, you should take our advice with a grain of salt, but don't get salty. This is a conversation about managing the confusing maze that is financing medical care. This is The Cure and the Curse with Brady and Jamie. All right, Drew. So let's go back. Jamie, do you want to say it? Let's go back in the day, day, day. day, day. day. (laughs) Where are you from? I think I know, but I don't know a lot of stuff, you know, kids and all that Mm -hmm. when we first connected. So uh, give us your backstory real quick. Born at a very young age. (laughs) I want to know how you end up in physical therapy, but give us a little background. Born and raised upstate New York. Dad was a salesman for Smith Kodak. So that's why I ended up in Rochester. I was a amateur athlete as a kid, tried everything and was not very good at very much, so or at least on land. So they stuck me in water and that kind of stuck. So I was a swimmer. So fitness and health and that sort of stuff kind of start off early is important to me. Jamie, where do you put swimmers on the um, healthy athlete scale? They got to be up there, right? They're up there. I would say they're kind of close to the top. Right? I, I mean, would the say endurance so. and the strength alone. All of it, right? I actually get stuff for uh, advertisements for insurance because I'm a swimmer, lower rate sort of stuff. Oh, tell him about your resting heart rate. I mean, he was telling everybody in the clinic about it. It was a big thing. (laughs) Really? (laughs) My resting heart rate is usually somewhere around 54. What is typical? Oh, schooling. Huh? What is typical? Like, let what, him know. What do you think mine is? Mm, it ain't 50. <laughs> Not mine. What do you think Jamie's is? Oh, mine is 54. No, mine was 55. I started Are off at kidding? 65. Really? And it yeah. took me six months it's to get down right. to 54. 
Yeah, it's what's, a low resting heart rate. What's typical? I mean, typical so individualized, but I would say it's probably 60, mm-hmm. 70s okay. range is, is. What do you think mine is? Right now in here. Like considering your Maxwell house and your right. Pop Tarts in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a little higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, what level of swim are you competing on? I swam all through high school. I swam year round. Um, ended okay. up going to college and swimming in college and Where? a little bit after. Where? KU. How do you end up at KU? Dad got transferred to the Midwest. I knew oh. I wanted to be close to home, but not too close to home. Okay, so you swim at KU. KU swim wise. You go to the national championship as a team, or how does that even? Any uh, idea? Swimming's more, a little bit more individualized, but okay. ended my career at uh, 2000 Olympic Trials. That's crazy. Um, I, also, I hold school record at KU for my event 100 fly which will hold in forever because KU dropped their men's swim program in 2000 so that's awesome um, so you hold that record forever yeah you can look at it two ways it's awesome that you have the record but if nobody's looking and inspiring to break it then what's the value of it so I'd um, rather have a record Jamie I don't care Give me yeah. a record. So you can just go into <laughs> yes. the KU Hall of Athletes in the basketball stadium. Go to the farthest or the the like basketball museum area. Go to the farthest glass bin in the back and look down at the smallest little plaque and then That's get out your awesome. magnifying glass and you can see my name there somewhere. It, it may take so, a while, but... So wait, though, then Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Is anybody we know, are you against anybody we know? Like, who are you? I don't know. Am I against anyone? Not- Meaning, like, were you, did you swim against Michael Phelps? I don't know. He was 15 at the time, and I swam in the same facility. I don't think anybody swims against Michael Phelps. <laughs> okay, you didn't race him. No, he was 15 when he made it, and that was his first Olympic trials, and um, I remember enjoying watching him. Really? Very, very fast. Impre- 15-year-old, yeah. Jamie, can you name another swimmer besides Drew and Michael Phelps? No. There's got to be somebody <laughs> there else. There has to be. Who? Drew, give us the he third most famous swimmer. Well, United States, same around time. You know, Ryan Lochte was real big. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, right now, Katie uh, Ledecky is, oh, is yeah, yeah. Michael Phelps of now really. Um, so she's, mm-hmm. she's phenomenal. So. You still swim now? Competitively, uh, old, old guy swim. Old guy swim. Old guy Competitively, swim. though, right? <laughs> I I have in the past. Yeah, I didn't this year, but I did last year. Yeah. Okay. Jamie, you ever swim competitively? No, I compete with the water to stay afloat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's as much as if I so choose to get my hair wet. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Drew, how do you end up in physical therapy as a discipline? Well, I originally wanted to be a, an animator, cartoon. Really? Drawer, but when my Aww. art skills stopped at about sixth grade, right. that kind of became a... <laughs> I wanted to be a uh, an accountant and then was realized I am very You're bad at exciting math. Kid. Right. You're an exciting kid. <laughs> yeah. Aspirations of most kids want to be like fireman. No, I wanted right. to be, want to be an accountant at like fifth yeah. grade. It was bad. Man, I, you was a serious child, apparently. I don't, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. It seems an easy way to make a bunch of money, right? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'm like, Facts. oh, except you got to be good at math. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what'd you want to be? Pediatrician, remember? Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I found out kids, I just like my kid. Right, right, right. <laughs> Okay, so Drew, you want to be an animator. That doesn't pan out. You're at KU pre-med. You got to consider, right? Well, so I went, I actually went from animator to wanting to be an architect. Took classes there, enjoyed it, realized I wasn't any good at it. Plus, I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. So in high school, I actually had someone come into school, kind of like a job fair thing. And they did the whole thing of jobs. And then they put like 
what you could make as a physical therapist. Now, remember, this was 25, 30 years ago, so mm-hmm. um, not realistic, but it kind of got me thinking. And then I had, I actually had major reconstruction of my knee um, when I was a junior in high school. Um, that put me on the couch really for three weeks and uh, on crutches for three months and went through my first real serious bout of physical therapy and that kind of is what got me right like okay this is what i'm gonna do and i'm and then that was my route from that point on is i went to ku to swim and and do the prerequisites for pt school and then i went to creighton for pt school all right so then who do you start working for and what happens before sport and spine there wasn't much before sport and spine i actually came out of pt school with a business plan um in fact i still have it sitting in my drawer as a reminder in my office That's awesome the mm. clinic's name was dem bones um, <laughs> was not allowed dem to bones keep and bones. Yeah, yeah, not right? allowed to keep that name what is um <laughs> what we, master p was gonna <laughs> run it he was gonna fund it for you yeah okay it's still sitting there it's just kind of a reminder of where everything started so um, and then i i worked for a company in missouri for just a just a year um, before I started my own practice. So. so you start your own practice. It was uh, called Sport and Spine in PV. Where uh, was no, it? The first it was, location. It was in Overland Park. And how long ago was that? I think we're just over sixteen years now. Wow, in, mm-hmm. in our sixteenth year. Yeah. Okay, very cool. What was a huge learning opportunity and your biggest success? And maybe they're two in one. Me. Yeah, right. Jamie Finding Jamie. Success. I am his yeah. biggest success. Well, that the makes biggest. two of us. And my biggest, biggest learning opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if I can bring it down to one. I mean, it's, you know, I think this is not just true in physical therapy, but, you know, as a business owner, like you learn based on your mistakes and I've definitely made my share of them. Um, and I think the only thing you can do is learn as much as you can so you don't do the same thing over and you make yourself and the company better. So um, I have plenty of mistakes um, and plenty of successes. Um, You know, I think the biggest one as a company is our ability to bring dry needling, which is a technique that we use to Kansas. We were the first doing it um, here in Kansas City. Um, Spent a good part of three years fighting to get it for everybody else and um, got it part of our practice act and something we now teach and that's widely used. So I think that's probably our biggest success that kind of started off as a mistake. Like I just wanted to learn something new Mm -hmm. and turns out some people didn't like what we were doing Mm -hmm. um, and so we had to fight for it. And so it was a long painful path, but it, uh, it worked out. And you're happy that you brought this in, and now other oh, people yeah, you're competing though with other people that offer. There's it. so many people mm-hmm. around; you don't okay. have to worry about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jamie, mm-hmm. how would you, in layman's terms, explain what dry needling is? Essentially, it's a needle that they put into the affected area to recreate the pain to hopefully alleviate the pain. Okay, Drew, what is it technically? <laughs> well, layman's terms would be a, a hard reset of a of tissue. So um, your muscle creates when there's stress on the muscle, uh, it can be physical stress, uh, like a trauma or something. It could be cumulative stress, like prolonged sitting. It could be emotional stress that actually creates um, 
trigger points and people will know that from neck pain a lot mm-hmm, of times right. from a lot pain of in the neck pain in the That's neck my wife. exactly yep mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so the needle is basically it creates micro trauma in the area um, and releases those trigger points those trigger points imagine if I was strangling you like it, it's the <laughs> same thing why would he say the that most, let's I leave it with that well. imagine if so, I was strangling imagine you imagine if I was strangling you you would lose oxygen yes. you would you know blood circulation to your brain would start to go you yes. would be able to move all that happens in a trigger point to the muscle so it, it restricts that muscle so blood supply is not coming to the area it starts producing chemicals like uh, lactic acid that produces pain it can't move and so it's starting to suffocate and create dysfunction um, and so what the needle does is is like i said a hard reset it goes in that muscle if you hit a good trigger point that muscle will contract and then it relaxes around the needle and then you look for other trigger points in the area so um, compare that to acupuncture right so acupuncture uses its chinese medicine done for thousands of years um it's a mapped system of meridians so energy flow um, that they use Um, it's not quite as scientific it's eastern medicine versus western medicine okay eastern medicine with the holistic and everything right everything like that Mm -hmm. where ours is neuroscience like understanding muscle and tissue similar tool different philosophy different technique gotcha. that sort of stuff okay. so it's like wow. using a knife for cooking versus art Stab. or something like oh, stabbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah i wouldn't what are we doing i don't know i'm getting strangling out of this room and stabbing stabbing and strangling this went south. i come up missing kansas city star it's these two We've people still do the milk cutting things <laughs> jamie as somebody that's in the system here and uh-huh. so close to dry needling you obviously did it mm-hmm. despite reservations for years no, your huge. reaction it was amazing okay instantly instant instant now uh, it's not for the weary <laughs> right no but it's instant relief just like laser for me was instant relief jacked you, up my shoulder right you see clients come through that really have success with yeah they because if we ask drew he right i feel like he's going to be a little biased yeah right for sure yes for sure. but you see it all the time okay dry needling i Most saw of the time that's what they call for is that I right heard that you all do dry needling that is true. Yes. And it is cash pay. <laughs> and it works great. And it works great. But is that something, Drew, then w- let's go back to what we talked about. Oh, my my check engine light is on in the form of shin splints. Mm-hmm. Is that something you can go directly to dry needling? We would need to know the story behind it because we need to know the cause. It's Again, it's not, it's it's not a, a pill. It's a tool, but you need to understand why. Right. Right. And tool. so that's it, it is a very powerful tool, but you need to understand why so if you just say hey my back hurts and you start needling your back well it may not be because of the back it could be my you're just yeah causing my correct so we need to figure out the why behind it before we start poking okay all right because i did just read an article about shin splints and Mm -hmm. i was like dry needling my shins Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's not literally my shin it's not the bone it's the muscles that you dry needle that usually causing. Again, need to know why it's coming on right but let's use that example yeah it could be okay. there's several muscles on the front of your leg that could be causing causing it. we're going to come back and tie everything up and talk about what our whole goal is here how can we as a consumer be more informed and use physical therapy to save us financially not necessarily keep us out of debt but how does that need to 
be in the mix. And I also want to talk about Drew's ideal future of healthcare. Okay. And we'll do that next. When you're done looking for impersonal generic healthcare, allow True Move KC Physical Therapy to introduce you to a distinct niche in our field. Whether it's restoring fitness after an injury or maintaining wellness in the face of chronic conditions, we are revolutionizing what it means to reclaim control over your health. Benefit from the wisdom, warmth, and professionalism of our seasoned staff. Connect with us at our office just west of 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Online at TrueMoveKC.com or call 913-642-7746. True Move is giving you your shot at redefined health. Transform today. Transform for tomorrow. True Move Physical Therapy. Better health through motion. Okay, Drew, I have two goals here. Then we're going to wrap up the season. The first one is talk about how consumers ideally would mix in physical therapy to help them be better consumers of healthcare and stay out of the medical debt that we know is so problematic. How does PT come in? We mentioned this in the last episode, but uh, there needs to be a perspective flip. Healthcare, let's say 2.0, past healthcare that's more created by the insurance companies is you get injured, you wait, which you go to your primary care, primary care gives you medications. That doesn't work, you go back to your primary care, you get an x-ray, go back to your primary care, they send you to a specialist, get an MRI, maybe you get injection, then you go maybe surgery or more drugs, and it's kind of this process. And physical therapy tends to be top of that little pyramid as kind of the last thing, last resort, or it's post-surgery trying to get you back, okay? Imagine if we flipped that and took the things that are more conservative and put them at the bottom. We need to have people understand that you have an ache, pain, strain, sprain. Let's start conservative, right? Let's have a conversation with a movement specialist. And then if that is not, or the therapist or the movement specialist thinks that it's not something they can manage or help you manage, then let's go up the the chain. Let's go see, uh, get an x-ray. Let's go take medications. And, And then maybe, yeah, there's surgery in the future that we need to take care of. But majority of things that are cumulative injuries, not those acute traumas, I didn't, can't not, be managed. I had a car wreck. I need surgery. Right. It's, so I've been having these aches and pains from sitting at my desk all day long that have just slowly crept up on me. You laid out some stats for us about bankruptcy, this, that, and the other. Any idea how many hip surgeries are caused by cumulative issues versus acute i mean i don't know exact percentage but a significant majority of them are a significant majority built up over time i just right didn't do a trauma a trauma hip replacement would be you know i guess you I could fell. have it when you're older but it'd right. be a younger person or well the fall is still a mobility tissue issue like they fall the trauma ended up a problem yeah but we lose balance because we lose mobility and we lose strength right oh right so if we're right. better at managing our movement health than our likelihood of falling other than getting hit by a car that makes us fall and break our hip or something like uh. our ability to manage from prevent from falling is better if our movement health is better right mm-hmm. right so two things here when i first feel this ache pain strain mobility issue you think physical therapy first let's get that figured out first 
part of this is our fault as physical therapists. Right. And it's the perspective of what we've represented ourselves as is post-surgical, post-trauma, get you back to functioning, right? And I think that needs to shift a little bit. So um, I love the profession of physical therapy, but I think we need... If I say to somebody, and, and if I'm in a conversation, and I've been fighting this for years, if I'm in a conversation, someone asks me what I do, and I say I'm a physical therapist, the conversation stops because they think they have a perspective. Oh, physical therapy right. rehab, right? So I've been trying to come up for years, like, well, how do I make it? So it's a conversation now as opposed to I'm a physical therapist. Oh, I know what they do, right? right? Um, and I don't need that because I haven't broken my leg or I haven't had, had, had surgery. surgery right so um, I've gone through several things but right now I'm the kick of saying I'm a human body mechanic right oh. so kind of like you think of a car a mechanics and repairing the things in your car I do that for human movement and so then you can go into the question like well what do you do well yeah I do rehab I have a doctorate in physical therapy but my biggest benefit is I help people manage their own movement health manage their own pain so that we don't end up in the medical system where we're dealing with medications and injections and surgeries and all that sort of stuff. Right. Just to give a few few stats, and we've said it in the last episode, but healthcare is growing yes. super fast and even faster past post-COVID. So we're working on nearly $7 trillion a year in healthcare. Industry. In the industry. It's the number one expense in healthcare. Right. Um, it's the number one reason for bankruptcy, both for individuals and corporations. Musculoskeletal, which is what movement specialists deal with, is the number one expense in healthcare. It's 20% of all healthcare. Wow. It's the number one reason for um, the opioid epidemic. It's the number one reason for people to go on disability. It's a, it's, wow. it's a huge issue. And it only impacts 20% of healthcare. The top six are musculoskeletal is number one. Then there's obesity, diabetes, cancer, mental health, cardiovascular. Okay, that makes up 86% of all healthcare costs. Musculoskeletal impacts every single one of those. Meaning if I can move, I'm less likely to have diabetes. Yeah, the better your movement health, most of the time, the better your weight better your weight, manages diabetes and cardiovascular. Right. right. There are actually 12, I think, forms of cancer directly related to obesity. And then mental health, what do we say if, you know, for people going through depression or hard times, hey, keep active, go out right. and do stuff, right? Depression with chronic pain is a big cause yeah. of depression, right? If right. I can't do what I love with who I love to do it with at the level I want to do it with, I'm not performing at my best. Right. Like what's going to happen to my mental health? Right. right. So taking control of this one thing can make a significant impact on healthcare, but we have to understand that it's got to be managed at the beginning because the right. sooner that we address it, the easier it is to control or manage and bigger the impact we could say, but that it's a lack of understanding there. It's a lack of education. Um, we've just gotten so used to, the way things right. have always been or have been since the insurance world has blown up because we used to have it. Andy Griffith used to have that guy coming over to his right. house. The doctor come up with his yeah. little bag. You had <laughs> your family bag. guy, right? Yeah. He came whistling along and pull out his stethoscope yeah. and there you have it. Yes. Right. Um, but then somewhere along the line, um, insurance changed all that. Can we blame it on lawyers? 
and um, blame everything on lawyers, right? Oh, okay, that's no, no, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) I had this perception for a while that it was malpractice stuff, which was causing everything to rise in expense Mm -hmm. because then the doctors had to, you know, have the insurance for malpractice suits. Well, and we were too litigious there. That's one of the things that got my grandfather out of medicine. He was an OBGYN in New York, private practice, which doesn't really exist that much anymore. You're all connected. Everybody's connected to a hospital at that level. But malpractice got so bad that he couldn't afford it. So, I mean, you can't blame the doctors because it's, they've got to find a way to work with the system. Right. um, And with malpractice and going so high, right? you know, they have to be able to afford, <laughs> right, afford it. Right. Then tie this back into, we're flipping the script. We're, we're going to deal with our aches and pains and our body check engine light as soon as they pop up. Mm-hmm. How does that make us better financially as a healthcare consumer? Well, the expenses in using your insurance. And that's what people don't seem to understand is that, you know, deductibles now are above $4,000 going, you know, four to $10,000 on average. And they have the insurance because a lot of their companies pay for it. So they think they have it, they need to use it. Um, But it's not designed for preventative things. It's reactive sort of thing. So if you're getting into the insurance world, that means you're now a medical patient and you're going through all the expense of spending all the money on the injections and everything like that. Um, We don't have insurance for our cars to change the oil. Right. Right. Or rotate our tires or put gas. We don't have gas insurance. Right. Right. We need to manage that sort of stuff so we don't have a car that breaks down or isn't bad enough. Because, you know, the, or your mm-hmm. your brakes shut off and you run into another car in front of you and now right. you're using your insurance yeah. because the other guy's suing you mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. to fix your car, right? Mm-hmm. You need to manage these things at the beginning. And so if we spend just a little bit, because you can go on and see how much like just an injection will cost like it can range an injection like, for what what do you mean like a cortisone injection oh, for back for pain ba- or something. okay yeah. okay and back pain okay. is the most you know one of the most common things that you have but it's manageable like if you get it quick enough we can you know you can get take a couple tools and do a couple things and take control over it okay right? otherwise you're spending a ton of money i mean medications are expensive injections are expensive all the right. doctors and not even counting the amount of time you're spending right so jamie financially how do we control that that spending so it doesn't get out of hand how do we rationalize dealing with the check engine light out of the gate because we have to look at it like drew said i thought that was interesting we don't have insurance to refill the tank or to air up our tires if we continue to change our oil when it needs to be changed Mm -hmm. deal with that pain right out of the gate Mm -hmm. hopefully we stave off Mm -hmm. those bigger expenses whenever you're purchasing insurance at the beginning of the year take that into account like me myself personally most of my medical most of the services i receive is out of pocket and I anticipated that. It's about the total cost of ownership yeah. when it comes to a car. Yeah. You got to go, if I buy this Tesla, how much is an oil change? Right. How much is whatever my insurance going to cost? How yes. much is filling it up for gas? Yes. How much is we the need, charging station? And we need to do that with our bodies as well. Yes. You don't fill up Teslas with gas, but Well, okay. That's fair. That's why your car keeps breaking down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then what would you tell me? What's your elevator pitch for flipping the script on how I see my health care? I tell you that it's up to you to take control of your own health care and that to do that, you need to manage or have 
people to access to manage your own care. Mm-hmm. I use my dad as an example a lot. Like my dad doesn't come into the clinic for physical therapy very often because if he has an issue, what does he do? Reach out to you. He has a son who right. is a movement specialist. He calls up and says, hey, I have this neck pain I woke up with. What should I do? And we give him a couple of tools. He does it. He's fine. The cost in that for him is right. nothing. Right. But for, mm-hmm. You know, it's the same Minimal. thing. I have, I actually have a patient. I, I mentioned her in the last podcast, but I'll, I'll bring it up because I pulled up the number. I looked up the numbers, but um, she was dealing with scoliosis from the age of 12 um, on. And for 20 years of that period of time, she was doing it through her company's insurance. And so she actually went back in some of her medical bills and for a six month period of time, tracked how much it, it cost between going through the whole system we talked about, doctor's visits, right. you know, and she didn't have injections, luckily it was suggested, but she's like, nah, so medications, doctor's visits, MRIs, x-rays, everything in a six month period of time, it cost between her, which I think was about $2,500 and the company, a total of just over $6,000 in six months. Wow. Okay. She came in and dealt with a movement related issue, not a medical issue. And it was fixed in two visits. And I say fixed, it was, I'm gonna check, she has scoliosis, so she still has scoliosis. She now has the ability to control and manage her own movement issue. Meaning the scoliosis was causing pain or Scoliosis is a movement. curvature in the spine that the stress of it, it was creating back pain for her and had been for 20 plus years. And two visits that back pain was reduced that gave her the control gave her the control over it to reduce and and control that pain yeah right and again i go back to i don't now i don't know if it was last episode or not but when i had the thing in my neck neck cancer right (laughs) the tumor drew's like it's not a tumor but that very well right it very well could have turned into a major expense meaning I go to my general, he gives me some pills, I go get an MRI, they, versus I come in here for one session, manual therapy, boom, it's gone, mm-hmm. which is the way it needs to be, and that's how I stay out of. Right, so mm-hmm. we just need to have that understanding of that direct access, and it's happening not just in the physical therapy world, it needs to happen more in the physical therapy world, but um, we have a membership for um, our primary care physicians where I have direct access to them, like the old days, like like Andy Griffith, like I can talk to them and they can help. Sometimes it's just a conversation on the phone. Sometimes it's come in for appointment. We'll do a few tests and, but it's, it's proactive. It's, it's Jamie talked about this early on. We talked about, um, Sidera, which is a cost share, a cost share. Uh So there's a cost share and there's a membership. Those are two different things. The key is knowing where to go at the right time and having that sort of knowledge or access Right. The problem is we don't necessarily have access as a layman's, you know, consumer. We have to go through all these different routes because that's what insurance tells us to do. Um, so having something, you know, insurance is intended for the traumatic stuff, right. like the big expensive stuff. Like if your neck cancer was right. neck cancer, <laughs> right. right? If it was a not, tumor. Right. Not sort of a musculoskeletal condition like that. So it's there if you have a car accident, not if you need to change your oil, right? right? It's for traumatic stuff, but we've started to make it more and more as like, oh, I have a hangnail. My insurance should cover 100% that 100% sort of thought, Jamie, mm-hmm. that's how we think about it, yes. right? Yes. Because I have insurance. I, I, whatever 
I, where are you talking about strangling and all sorts? I have diarrhea. <laughs> I should go see my doctor because I have insurance. Yes. Right. And that's the pro, and that's, it's getting so expensive because we, we're trying to cover every single thing. So some people can't get insurance because it's so expensive now. Right. And it's, causing bankruptcy issues and everything and the country can't manage seven trillion dollars a year growing at a rate of seven right. point one whatever percent per year mm-hmm. like it's not sustainable your mm-hmm. car insurance in this running analogy we have you have car insurance for wrecks not to change your oil yes. not to change your air filter mm-hmm. same thing with your right. medical we should insurance. have medical insurance for the major for acute so you tear your ACL, you break your leg, that sort of stuff, that could be covered in insurance. But the mm-hmm. big things like the cancers and the big diagnosis, that's what insurance it's should be for, not for. for management of your health, right. right? We need to be responsible for that on our own. Mm-hmm. We need to pay for it cash because it's gonna be way cheaper if we're mm-hmm. just paying for it in cash. We're not spending all this big amount of money on insurance, so they will cover it, which mm-hmm. is kind of false because we're spending money every single month on insurance and right not using it until we get to that point yeah right mm-hmm. so like we've already spent the money we might as well spend it in cash when it's needed and spend a lot less which jamie we talked about because our deductible is essentially us using that cash mm-hmm. that we have to mm-hmm. you have to right before insurance will cover yeah you have to meet your deductible so would I would it be wrongheaded of me to go my deductible is my gas um, like in this analogy is my deduct are we saying that the the deductible no, is my the deductible is I mean you have a deductible in your car insurance right, right. so it's the same yeah. thing so like I have for my car insurance I think it's a thousand dollar deductible so if I get in a wreck I owe a thousand dollars before insurance will cover everything no else mm-hmm. in human insurance health insurance the deductibles are now four. Five right. ten thousand dollars before insurance will recover it, and we're paying it all at once. If you have a big pro- problem, you're going right. to pay that in mm-hmm. a short period of time. An MRI costs a lot of money when it you're does. using insurance. Mm-hmm. If you get an MRI in cash, like go to them and just say I'm paying cash, right? And compare the two, right? That's the what same Jamie. procedure, same procedure, right. like significantly, significantly less. Mm-hmm. And so we shouldn't be using it for that sort of sort right. of stuff so yeah. the gas in your car are the little things that you do throughout the year throughout your lifespan right to keep yourself healthy right, right. i want to pay for gas for i have somebody that comes here that does my oil every right. every whatever for me it's like every month because of how far i drive but um they do the gas you know you clean your car you wash your car the things that you're doing to keep yourself healthy in human that means keeping your movement health better keeping your nutritional health better keeping your sleep and your mental health better Mm -hmm. those sort of things that you're managing throughout your life so that it doesn't build up become a big medical insurance expense so talk about healthcare membership something we're going to hear more about and what do you think the objections will be from the average consumer well let's start because with, it's a whole new line of thinking it's new it's new for i mean it's not new but it's new for the medical right. world i guess it's a new understanding um i think it's also taken a while for people to it's still taking a while for people to catch on to but mm-hmm. um it's not new in the world i mean how long have we had like a lawyer and retainer 
Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been something that you've had forever. That way you don't spend, I've never had a a lawyer on retainer, (laughs) um, but you have a lawyer on retainer so that when you have a big problem, it hopefully causes Right. Cost less money, right? And you have somebody you can ask questions on a daily, right? And if well, I called up my lawyer right now, it, I would get a big old bill, right? Right, because I don't have him on retainer. But if you mm-hmm. have him on retainer, again, we go back to if I if Jamie is my lawyer on retainer, mm-hmm. I have her read my my contracts before mm-hmm. I sign them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is saves you a lot of hassle in the future if you sign that contract without reading it, and now you're. Right, which mm-hmm. in physical therapy, just give ther- your kidneys right. or something. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when in in physical therapy or health terms, I have you check out my hip pain before I go. Right, that's essentially yeah. You have somebody that you one. can trust that you contact at the earliest moment because it right. also like if you don't have a lawyer on retainer, you're going to try to see how long you can go without contacting him, right? Yes. Because you know it's going to cost a lot, mm-hmm. right? If you same thing medical end and it doesn't have to be physical therapy like your physician and everything like if you have them on retainer and they know or you know and they know hey i'm here to answer your questions and to help you so you don't have these big issues right then you're more likely to do it right right i'm paying a small amount every month to have them on retainer i know i have them to use and it prevents the big expensive costs. So we do that for our medical, um, for our primary care, like direct primary care. Um, So I have a doctor that I have their number, I have his email. If I have an issue, I mean, for me, it's allergies most of the time, you know, seasonal allergies. And Mm -hmm. I say, okay, I'm I'm out of my regimen of medication. Do we suggest, what do you suggest? And he'll give me stuff and prescribe it and, and I'll go get it. Then lay out physical therapy membership and kind of the positives and what that looks like to an end user. Yeah, so you can think of it as in the same way. I mean, the very basic level is having a movement specialist. And again, I want to kind of move away with the idea of physical therapy is rehab, right? You want to have a pain movement specialist, a body mechanic, a human body mechanic on retainer that if I have an ache, pain, strain, sprain, then I'm unsure what to do with, I have somebody that I can immediately contact to at least start off with advice, right? And start off on the right track. Maybe they'd say, yeah, you need to go get a physician's script to get an MRI, right? But at least you know you're heading in the right direction immediately. So to have a physical therapist on retainer, if my buddy was in that situation, instead of skipping golf and asking me for a percussion gun, Mm -hmm. he reaches out to that physical therapist and goes, what should I do? I can't golf because of back pain. What's the move here? Yeah, and the, yeah. And the movement specialist says, okay, what's goes through the story. Like most of what I do is through story. Like you can tell me what's going on and I've been doing this long enough that I know patterns and stuff like that. So a lot of it we can do just through a conversation, especially when it's more acute. It's when it gets chronic and long standing where it gets more and more difficult to take away all the layers, but yes. um, just manage because your body's used to that chronic pain. Because what we don't understand is is your nervous system gets scarred from prolonged pain, right? right? And so at some point it becomes chronic, which means that there may not necessarily be a dysfunction there. It's coming from your brain. Not that you're making it up, but your brain yeah. gets scarred because it's used to that level of pain. Okay, the analogy I use with that is like an amputee will still have an itch, a f- itch right. in their foot. They don't have a foot. <laughs> Right. They still have an itch because the brain still thinks there's an itch down there. It's the same thing with pain. 
right? You really? have it long enough, mm -hmm. it spreads, and it can actually think of it as an infection, starts spreading throughout your body. You have more pain in different areas. Your sensitivity to any sort of stimulus can be responded as painful. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just grows and grows. So All it's from really one important. central location. All from one central location that may not even be the issue anymore, but you've dealt with it long enough that it's now mm -hmm. become this bigger thing. So the, the point of all that is, early access as soon as you can if you have a subscription membership right. or a movement specialist on retainer that you have access to you're more willing to use them right right you have them you should use them to just ask simple questions how much in the physical therapy world drew is the issue that you say hey do x y and z to get better and people don't um yeah i mean if they're not managing it themselves, it makes it a lot harder than us. Cause if they're with us for half hour, hour period of time, once a week, even twice a week and the rest of the time they're not doing anything to take care of themselves. Well, then this is not going to be successful. So, um, it's, a, it's important, but again, the, that source is more important as you get more chronic, like, having the more chronic you are the more you have to come in the more activities you have to do the more levels there are the more of this there is you know if you're doing it acutely and getting on it right away and or for the cumulative stuff then there's a lot less that you have to do right. maybe you just have these tools in your pocket that when things start showing up again you pull them out and say okay i know what i need to do because i've seen my I've movement done, specialists yeah. and they've told us they've told me what to do so i can correct it real quick jamie does it not all go back to the individual you follow through on your PT stuff. I mean, the key is that for medical, we need to create something for the medical profession that motivates us to keep patients healthy. Okay, right now, the way that the insurance system is and the medical system is, it does not benefit us to keep patients healthy. Right. Right, because they get paid per visit, per mm -hmm. treatment, per medication, per mm -hmm. whatever they're doing. They're getting paid per unit, let's say, mm -hmm. of what they're doing. What if we flipped that and said, I get paid by keeping you healthy? Right. It changes your whole perspective. Right. right? And so not only we're, we're saving money on the cost we're doing for healthcare, but we're performing at our best, we're moving at our best, we're enjoying life at our best, all because right. we're, we're being preventative and managing our health. Such a good point, too, because like with our HVAC systems, or even with my car, but with the HVAC system, I'm paying so that my house is cold in the summer and warm in the winter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't I pay to keep my body operating year round? Yeah. But you've got, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have my HVAC people that have a membership. Yeah. Like I pay um, 75 bucks, whatever a month. They don't come out every month, but they come out, mm -hmm. you know, a couple times a year to do these to keep it working maintenance mm -hmm. stuff. If I right. have an issue, I can call them up, and they're but they're better off if they're keeping things functioning well, mm -hmm. right? Right, and yeah. it's better for me because the cost to replace an HVAC system because I let it go mm -hmm. and dealt with it is going to be a lot more expensive to replace a system than it is right. monthly. Mm -hmm. right to have mm -hmm. the vents clean and change the filter and all that mm -hmm. yeah. it makes so much shit. why not with our health right that's it's maddening because right. there's dude when you get sick or when you're not feeling right you're like i would give anything to have this pain go away mm -hmm. and you're like and it just continually that voice gets louder until you're like i can't mm -hmm. do it anymore mm -hmm. why not ha deal with that immediately mm -hmm.
Right. And that goes through for all medical. Like if you have people that specialize in things, we should be able to just go to that special. Right. You know, right. You know, I have a friend that's a cancer doctor, right? right. So I, if I, I have possible go. neck cancer, right? right? You're like, right, oh, right. I have my neck hurts. And he's like, no, that's not neck cancer. Right. Dude. You're not right. having the, t- the signs of neck cancer. But right? I should right. be able to go there versus jumping through hoops and right. expensive hoops. Mm-hmm. Right. Golden but not ho- to be neck cancer. Right. Golden hoops, Jamie. <laughs> Okay, let's wrap up this season, Drew. I want one piece of advice. We started out with a great piece of advice from Jamie every episode and the whole show. Give me one piece of advice that I can walk away with to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, you know, maybe it's tied to what you see every day, but what is what is something that when you're done speaking this sentence, people could make a slight change that would make them healthier think long term don't wait for things to happen to you find ways to manage it yourself proactive Um, be proactive so find the people find i mean community right? right the connections community find ways to help manage yourself which means people you can go to for advice um and in the medical world you know that's still true find people have movement specialists have you know your your doctor that you can go to without going through right. the whole medical system so. hey jamie i don't know that was a great piece of advice i think we should just give out drew's phone number we should and everybody's found somebody yeah 913 <laughs> okay drew thank you well i'm not You're gonna welcome. go on and be weird thank you for joining us I appreciate that. Jamie, that was season one. Is that season one of your first ever podcast? First ever. You nailed it. And the world has been missing out on Jamie and their life. And their ears. So a great job. Thank Thank you. you. That was episode one, season eight. Hopefully you picked up something nice, right? What did I say? Episode eight. See, I'm not a good accountant. (laughs) I'm barely a good podcaster. And you're stabbing people. Right. And the violence. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to mark this one specially. Uh, Listen, thank you for listening to season one of The Cure and the Curse to support share with your friends and love share with any even if you don't like somebody (laughs) share would uh, be a big support for us and join the conversation on facebook and info at thecureandthecurse.com is the email for season two requests input anything you might have we would uh, be honored to hear from you as a member of our audience thank you for listening and we'll see you on season two of the cure and the curse when you're done looking for impersonal, generic healthcare, allow True Move KC Physical Therapy to introduce you to a distinct niche in our field. Whether it's restoring fitness after an injury or maintaining wellness in the face of chronic conditions, we are revolutionizing what it means to reclaim control over your health. Benefit from the wisdom, warmth, and professionalism of our seasoned staff. Connect with us at our office just west of 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Online at TrueMoveKC.com or call 913-642-7746. True Move is giving you your shot at redefined health. Transform today. Transform for tomorrow. True Move Physical Therapy. Better health through motion.